Brother Berlin. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to to share. We're not voting on whether you think it's preaching or whatever. It doesn't matter because this is what God is saying to us. I, I want to talk to you tonight about the weapons of our warfare. I've already touched on it, but that's one thing you're going to find out. When I preach, I don't try to come up with a new, brand new, whatever, but I want us to go precept upon precept so that we can come and that we can apply this word because it's not just for me to have 30 minutes up here. It is because we need to say something. Yeah. And this this is interesting. I have been observing. I watch. I want to know what's going on. I want to know what the Lord is doing. And I have to sometimes short circuit my expectator. Because we get into this this mode. We want it suddenly and right now. Yeah. He doesn't always work like that. Oh, he does sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so tonight, tonight we're going to look at the weapons of our warfare. And there's something I need to share with you. And it's this. The America that we know should not be afraid of Marxism. We should not be afraid of Antifa. We should not be afraid of communism, but we should be afraid the church cannot stay silent. Amen. Because if we do that, oh, let me tell you, I'll just be saying, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Yes. Anyway, and so tonight I, I want you to go to Ephesians. Would you go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It says, We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, that what we see, the manifestation coming out of them, it's not really them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a spiritual warfare. We are in warfare. Amen. And that's why it's important that the church has got a lot to say, and we need to say it loud yes. and clear. Amen. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But here's what I want you to look at. But against principalities. How many of you know what that means? If you do, write it down. If you're taking notes, if you're not, just... Put it in your memory. Principalities. What does that really mean? Because it means something in these last days. Amen. Against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this age. You see, that's what we're hearing from. Since this, whatever you want to call it, happened since January. Or November, or whatever, however you want to do it. Then it says, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I want you 
for a moment. I want you to think about it. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But I brought something that might be kind of interesting. Might just, just if you're a little carnal, you might need this. I don't know. You know what this is? How's that looking on? Okay, is there... Anyway, this is an AR-15, and they're trying to call it an assault rifle. They're trying to do everything because they want they want Americans to give up their weapons. The government didn't give us the right to bear arms, so they can't take it away from us because. Do you check out Scripture? Scripture has given us the right to bear arms because it talks about protecting your house, protecting your borders, all of this. And so we look at this, but he goes on and he says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil days and having done all to stand. Amen. We need, first off, we need to understand the nature of this war. It's not, it's not the elephant against the donkey, said this before. It's not Republican against Democrat, for those that don't understand symbolic stuff. But we come and we look at it. We are at war. And it is, it's so important that the church understands that. And it's not the more you talk to your TV when you're watching these people and the manifestations coming out of their mouths and, and their, you know, designs and stuff that they want to do because we have a weapon. Yeah. We have a weapon that we can use and I kind of like that. You know, I, I, I made sure I put blanks in this because I didn't want to light my grill and explode, okay? Our weapon, the ultimate weapon, the Bible. Amen. This is the most neglected book in the world because we have we have these concepts about God well, if it, God is in control then he's going to do it all no it's not he is not going to do it all he's the head he's in heaven so he's taking care of the heaven things but we the body are his body it, it very I mean it explains it very well in Ephesians and so, since we need to understand the nature of the war, then we need to know the nature of the battle. How, how can I implement these things that we need to do as Christians? Because like I said, we're in warfare. This is not hand-to-hand -hand combat. This is spiritual warfare. 
principalities, and I wrote this down, principalities, they are the chief rulers or beings of the highest rank or order in Satan's kingdom. What has happened to America is we have been outmaneuvered and manipulated. So we need to get back to the Word, our weapon, the only weapon, and we need to get into it to find out what it's talking about. Amen. So the, the principalities are chief rulers of beings of the highest rank and order in Satan's kingdom. He has got the most defined strategic army that could ever be. The second one is that the powers, powers, the powers are the authorities, those who derive their power from and execute the will of the chief rulers. And then the third is rulers of darkness of this age. World rulers of the darkness of this age, the spirit world rulers. Spiritual wickedness. Spirits of Satan in the heavenlies. And so this is what Ephesians 6 and 12 is talking about. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore take the whole armor of God. And may we hear that, and may we apply that. Yes. You see... I not only stand before you as a minister of the gospel, I stand before you as a veteran. I gave four years of my life from 64 to 68 to the Navy. We did all we could. We went to Vietnam. That was the main war going on. And here a while back, what was what's the Chi Alpha Vietnamese gentleman, what's his name? Uh, Winston. Winston. I got to see the fruit of what we were doing and trying to do for South Vietnam. And what is exciting that as he gave his testimony, he talked about, you know how they escaped from Vietnam? It was by the Navy. Praise the Lord. When you see the fruit of your labor, of your works, then we come and we realize, Lord, we want to do what you have called us to do. Yes. Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against and according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. This is exactly what we have to do as the church. We need to stop being silent. We need to get radically involved in what God has called us to do. We ought to use those spiritual gifts that He's given us, the weapons of our warfare, and implement them with precision, 
because the Holy Spirit is orchestrating that in our lives. Amen. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're not, they're not the AR-15, okay? Yeah, they're, they're not that. They're not carnal. but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Strongholds, there's two deals to a stronghold. A stronghold can be where you you escape to to just buy some time until you can, you know, reorganize and then get back out there. That's what David did in the cave of Dullam was that he was in the stronghold. And a, a prophet came to David and he told him, he said, don't stay in this stronghold too long. He said, you need to go and you need to head or to, to, to strike out for Judah, or Judah. You know what Judah is? It's praise. It's worship. And that's exactly what one of the things that David is noted for was that he implemented 24-hour praise and worship in the temple and it was it was exciting casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ how many of you struggle with with thoughts that come into your mind and you just you know you you start well God how could that get there why why isn't don't don't wonder don't reason just it says take every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ when that comes in say I rebuke this thought and I bind it and I cast it out into that sea of forgetfulness or whatever it is and get rid of it amen rulers of darkness of this age hmm Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Let me tell you, do you know what they're saying in the House of Representatives? We don't need this prayer. One of the one of the representatives was talking and he was kind of preaching a sermon and then this one guy, he gets up, well, we don't need God. God, you know, God's not involved in this. And I'm sitting there thinking, no, he's not. I mean, he knows what's going on. He's, he's, he is touching minds and hearts of people. But it says, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You see, America thought they were too brilliant. We have come a long ways. We have progress. No, we haven't. America has not progressed. From the 60s until right now, we are going down the tube. And it is time, like I said, it is time for the voice of the church to be heard. Amen. And so we got to we got to get into the word. We've got to get into scripture. We got to know, well, what is it that we want? And how can we apply the things that God wants us to do? One of the great examples in the Old Testament is Daniel. Daniel, he had been mourning. Go to Daniel 2 and 3. It says, In those days I, Daniel, was mourning 
three full weeks. You know what mourning is? He was crying out to God. He was in the presence of God. And he goes on, he says, And I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. You know what that says? That we need to get serious with God about what's going on in America. Because, like I said, I gave four years of service to the Navy. And it breaks my heart to see the things that are going on and all of this stuff. But does it break our heart enough to get involved like Daniel did? Well, Daniel's, you know, he's a superstar. No, Daniel was a, a kid that was kidnapped, taken hostage, and taken to where they are, and he's, he's just basically a slave. Daniel. But he cared about his people. Yes. And that's what's scary about what's going on in our country right now, is there's a voice that's coming out of our White House, or the House of Congress, that is coming against Israel. That ought not be. That should double and increase that that we're praying. Lord, bless Israel. Do what you have to do to bless Israel. But there he was for three whole weeks. And then go down to verse 11. It says, For I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking, this word came to me. And I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourselves before your God, your words, your words were heard. Speak, speak. And I have come because of your words. And every once in a while, we just need to remind us, refresh ourselves in the Word of God. This was people, we we claim to love America, we care about America, but how much do we care about America? Going into the New Testament, Mark 9, Starting at verse 14. They are coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration. And when he came, Jesus, he saw a great multitude around them and the scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him and greeted him. And he asked the scribes, What are you discussing with them? And then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes seizes him, it throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should be 
or that they should cast it out, but they could not. Now, these are the disciples that were when Jesus sent out the the 12 and then he sent out the 70 or 72, whatever you want. Uh, you know, it depends on which part of the story that you like. Uh, he gave them power. They already had the power to cast out demons. So, why couldn't they cast them out? And he answered him and he said, O oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. And he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown himself both in the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, now listen, if you can believe, yes. Amen. Say believe. Believe. If, if, if we can just believe all of these things that we've been laying the foundation on and building on and precept after precept and all that, then, and he just says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible. Amen. And so immediately the father of the child cried out and he said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Yes. And I want us to stop for a moment. And I want us just however you want to pray it, but just say, Lord, help our unbelief. Heal my unbelief. Father, Lord Jesus, help us. Help the church that has that powerful authoritative voice to believe because all things are possible Thank you, to them Thank you, that believe. And we receive that and we put that into action into our lives. We want the manifestation of that happening in our lives because there are many, many needs. There are those that need healings in their bodies. Lord, we believe that on the cross and before the cross, you were beaten, you were bruised for our healing. And so we believe. Heal the church's unbelief today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise your name, praise your name, praise your name. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of Him and enter Him no more. Amen. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed Him greatly, and came out of Him, and He became as one dead, so that many said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had 
when his disciples, or when they had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? Okay, we understand belief. If we can only believe, if we have that unbelief, things aren't happening in our lives spiritually that God has promised through His Word, then we need to search it out. Find out, God, why are not these miracles taking place in our midst? Because You have given us the gifts of the Spirit to be operative in this place worship. Yes, amen. You see, Jesus, when he was cleansing the temple, he just told him, he said, my house will yes. be called a house to where we can sell tapes, books, programs, recordings. No. He said, my house shall be called the house of prayer. And yet, amen. What have we done throughout America? We have pushed the, the altars aside. We, we want more room up front and all that. For what? We need to come and once again get before the altar and we look at the altar and as we're there kneeling and praying, are there any teardrops? Are there any tear stains Jesus. on the altar? Jesus, Jesus, are there? And we need to come back. He said, My house shall be called the house of prayer. Amen. And then he said to them, He said, All right, I'm going to tell you. He said, This kind. What kind? What, what's he talking about? Have I talked too long that I've already lost you? No. No. This demon. Yeah. That was in this father's son. And the, the disciples did what they knew to do. And he said to them, This kind can only come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Amen. Now you can fast any day of the week, but don't do it on Sunday, because after church lets out, we got we gotta go. Buffet our bodies. Our, no, that's go to the buffet for our bodies. Yeah. But this kind, it can come out only by prayer and fasting. Amen. Go back to Daniel. Go back to Jesus and the Father and the Son. When the Father and the Son, when they left that place, there was great rejoicing. <laughs> yes. No, there was great rejoicing. Yes. There, I mean, when God touches your yes. life, when He works in your life, when He does a miracle in your life, we get excited. But something has happened in America. And so, if we don't really need anything, we're not going to pursue God. We got it all. But wait till we start needing some chicken. Or some, you know, uh, whatever. Whatever it is that there's a shortage of. Then we get serious before God. This is what is happening. We need to come back. We need to search the Scripture again. We need to realize 
prayer and fasting has not been outdated. Amen. It is still right. very much right. needed. Hallelujah. And I'm preaching Jesus, to me. I, I Jesus, don't stand Jesus. up here like I've got it all down because I don't. Because yeah. all of us. Sometimes we just fast because we want to lose a few pounds. Oh my. This kind. This stuff that is happening in America, in our White House, it is happening because strongholds have been established in Washington, D.C. In these, and I, in these cities where all these riots and burnings and all that stuff and murders are still going on, there is something wrong. And they're trying, well, if we just defund the, you know, the governor then, or, or defund the mayor, that might start something, but we need to come and we need to get before God. And like Daniel said, he said, I mourned. I literally was concerned about my country. It depends on how much we have invested in our country. Kind of sometimes determines, you know, what we're willing to give up and all of that. But we've gone through a year, over a year now, and we're finding out there's some stuff that we shouldn't have given up. Let me tell you, there is something powerful when a fervent, effectual prayer is coming out of one of the saints of God yes. in a service, and I, they lay hands on those people. Sunday when he was talking about being slain in the Spirit, I've been slain in the Spirit three times. Yeah. You won't ever forget it. Amen. Right. So the first time that I was, I was just a beginning as a youth pastor in Abilene, Texas. And this evangelist came through and he had God all over him. And he come and my pastor is, is big like my pastor now. And he's standing back there, you know, he said, well, I'll be back here and I'll catch you. He said, I have never had a body projectiled into me like I had that day. Wow. I needed something. Yeah. yeah. God got my attention and He says, I want you to remember this because you're just beginning your ministry. Then, you remember the Brownsfield revival? Brownsfield, whatever. Yeah, anyway. The, that revival, yeah. there was a couple. We were pastoring in, in Texas. This couple came back, and so after, you know, towards the end of the service, they said, is there anybody that wants prayer? And uh, I, I needed prayer. And, you know, I thought, well, you know, I'm going to kind of look behind me, because I remember a long time ago when I was touched by the supernatural. Yeah, I need somebody back there to catch me, and so... So I will brace myself, and when that hand touches my forehead, and this lady come up, and she was probably six feet, and that wasn't CDC measurements either, okay? And I mean, she just stuck her hand out like that. Wow, Yeah. I went under. Then the last time, there's something about that. It's just not to feel, you know, well, I've got three badges of being slain in the spirit. No, it was three times that I was desperate in yes. my life. Amen. I needed direction Amen. for where I was going. And then that last time, 
Debbie had been diagnosed with cancer. <laughs> you know who needed all the prayer? Mr. Spiritual here. I was taking it hard. And a minister that we got help started 25 years ago was holding a service. And that evening he called those down that needed prayer. And I went down. Now I am a seasoned, retired preacher, pastor. And he laid just, just a regular prayer and he just laid his hand on me. I went up there. So I made it through her cancer. She was the strong one and it was happening to her. But we're a team. Amen. And so we, the church, we are family. Amen. And we need to accomplish what we have been purposed to do. The reason that I can trust 100% in God and to know if it ain't working, then something's broke and it ain't on God's part. Yeah, it's something right. here. Because in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and he spoke to him, saying, All authority has been given to me. All that authority yes. has been given to Jesus. And He has called us. He prepared us. He already knows what He wants us to accomplish. We were designed for service. Right. And so He knows what He wants us to do. Now, this is Colossians 2. This is Jesus. He's been given all authority, all power, all of that. And it says, Colossians 2.15, having disarmed the principalities and powers that right now is making a mockery of the Christian world, but things are coming around. The great awakening is the church is waking up. Up. And Amen. that's exciting. But this is this is Jesus. Having disarmed principalities and power, he made a public spectacle of them. Yes. Triumphanting over them. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the God that has empowered yes. us. Amen. He has given us the power and the authority. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Yes. Wow. Amen. 
this not even on on uh, didn't even give this to the pastor but it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation we need to say all right Lord I need a revelation of yes. what is going on in my spiritual life because yes. there's some things I want straightened out because I want to be a part of the reformation do you know what you have to do to have a reformation you have to have a reformer amen and one of these nights that you're not able to sleep say Lord whatever you have for me to do until I go to sleep tonight or whatever in the future Lord you lay it on my heart so that I can know what I need to do yes the weapons the weapons are prayer and fasting prayer and fasting and we are in a spiritual warfare so we need to know the nature of the war is spiritual then we need to know the nature of the battle so we can understand the strategy so how do we get the strategy we get ourselves back in the house of God. Amen. We get ourselves back in the Word of God. Amen. And we hear because the moment you hear it, it will send a shockwave through your innermost being and you will know exactly what God Hallelujah. is calling you to do. But you have to come. You have to just get your ex-spectator re, you know, refurbished or whatever. We need... The Jesus. presence of God. Jesus. One of the greatest weapons of warfare is praise. Amen. <laughs> praise. Amen. Praise. I mean, really getting in oh, to Lord. praising yeah. God. Thank Forget you, about Jesus. those who's to your right or Thank your you, left Jesus. or in front or behind. Thank you you get lost Thank in the presence Jesus. of God Thank and you, let Jesus. Him. Thank you. Jesus. Let him know that we want to bless him. Bless the Lord. Oh my soul. And all that was that's in me. Bless his holy name. Because most of the time we find we're just wants Lord, we want stuff for us. Well, do you know why he created us? So that he could have somebody to love? That's why you're created. That's why I'm created. He wanted somebody that he could love. Yes. And he wants that love returned to him. Yes. And it's exciting what God can do because he is the lover of my soul. Oh, Jesus. And I'll close with this. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works yes. than these he will do. Because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name. This is fact. And you say, well, I've done that and done that and done that. Something is wrong with our communication. We need to just say, Holy Spirit... I need to know what's going on. What is it that is short-circuiting 
the presence of God in my life. What is that? Yes. Because I want to I want to be like that Father. Lord, heal my unbelief. I believe. Heal that. Do that work in me. And whatever you ask in my name, yes. do you think God is pleased with what's going on in America right now? No. No. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Yes. Yes. I'm really closing. Like I said, I am a veteran. I would do it all over again. We have allowed people in high places to try and divide us and to keep us in different races. But Scripture, what does, what does God say about it? He said, if you have been rebirthed, if you've been born again, there is, you're neither Greek nor Jew. Yes. You, we're a new creation. We're a brand new people. Amen. After the Confederate War on Memorial Day. This is awesome. How many of you participate in Memorial Day, but I don't really want your hand? You know, just, just think about it. You know, after the Confederate War, the mothers whose sons were in the cemetery in Columbus, Mississippi, they went to decorate their sons' graves. But the mother looked, and there were other people. They were Yankees that had been buried. You know what they did? They decorated them all. That's the love of a mother. That's the love of God. We are a blessed people. Amen. Wow, a mother. A mother can teach us so much, and they have over the years. Praise God. Brother, brother.